our children to their ministry spaces. Um, we don't have a ton today, but <laughs> you may just be with your own children. Book. <laughs> um, and so we are going to bless them, and then they're going to bless us back if they're listening. So if you're ready, adults, the Lord be with you. Thank you, Elsa. All righty. There's a couple, I see a couple of empty chairs and folks that don't have chairs, so if they want to, there's, yeah, somebody wants to put those together, they can. It's, they're in the room already. Oh, 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 yep. (laughs) It'll be here when she gets back. We promise. start by praying with me. Loving God, I'm so grateful for this beautiful morning after lots of rain that we haven't experienced yet. Thank you for allowing us to gather in this space um, and just spend this this time together and be a family. I pray, Lord, that um, we are lifted up and filled up this morning and that as we go into weeks that are full of um, big decisions or challenges or um, confusion or joy as well that you are with us as we go through those and I pray this in Jesus name amen if theology told the truth it would speak of bodies it would speak of flesh says Lynn Tonstad. Dr. Tonstad is a theologian at Yale Divinity School. She's very, very smart. And she wrote a book that I found very hard to understand. (laughs) Several people here heard me complain about it all the days that I was reading it. Uh, Her focus is queer theory and theology. And despite its 131 pages um, and my, like, maybe disbelief that I actually still fully understand the book. Um, It was something that felt like it left like a pretty deep impact as I was reading it a few weeks ago. And I kept coming back to this phrase just smack in the middle of it. If theology told the truth, it would speak of bodies. Which may not come to a surprise to many of you um, that I latched onto that sentence. I sometimes worry that I'm this like broken record. I constantly talk about embodied Christ or the importance of the incarnation. They're my favorite things. I spend most of my day job uh, paying attention to bodies, my own and others, and what emotions they feel, how their bodies and my body are experiencing them. And so I got to that sentence and I was like, yes. (laughs) One of the things uh, that Dr. Tonstadt explains that queer theology does of many is pay attention to what has been kept outside of theology for so long, but clearly is already in our text. She states queer hermeneutics, or queer ways of interpreting and knowing, search for alternatives that are already there and need to be found. They search for the bodies in which God is to be found. 
I know that our bodies have been kind of left out of our experience of God for a really long time because somewhere along the way, bodies were deemed other, outside, maybe not of God. And theology began to ignore the ways that we are connected to our spirituality, the ways that our bodies are connected to God, perhaps because of particular interpretation of Genesis in the fall. That's another sermon. But rather than continue to believe that the thing that also allows us to experience this life, our bodies, are something to be ashamed of, something we need to ignore or condemn, I think we have the ability to see how scripture shows us that our bodies are indeed essential to understanding God and experiencing God. Last week, Melissa pointed out this really important message from Paul in the first half of chapter 3 in Ephesians, the book we're walking through, that grace, this really powerful and mysterious thing that is extended to all people, everyone, empowers us, challenges us, and inspires us to be the embodiment of Jesus' love in the world. Every person, all of us, we are all heirs to this kingdom. And in our text today, Paul prays that we would accept our place in this vast and mysterious family. So if you'll turn to Ephesians 3, verse 14, we're going to read this prayer together. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. So, despite not, like, when I was studying queer theology about a month ago, not intending to, like, use it at all, um, I kept coming back to that sentence when I was reading this passage, because I think in this prayer, Paul is explaining to us how important our bodies are to experiencing God's love. Paul begins his prayer by saying, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Rather than simply sharing the prayer that's on his mind or heart, he illustrates for us how he is praying, the position of his body. And he's in this position of humility and supplication. Some historians mark this as strange in the text because the more culturally accepted posture of prayer. Ah, okay. Well. <laughs>
hear me. In the, in the microphone. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> okay, so some historians mark this passage as kind of strange that Paul points this out because the more culturally accepted or common posture of prayer would have been standing with your arms raised. But Paul tells us what he's doing with his body. He's explaining to us, because he wants us to know what he's doing, that his whole body is in it. It's not just an intellectual and emotional experience, but physical. He's setting us up, I think, to understand that we, too, can and should experience God physically. Let me show you what I'm doing with my body so you might also know that your body can experience God. He says, I pray according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with, your, with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. Paul prays that we will recognize that Christ can and live within us in our hearts. And even though Paul wouldn't have known this, because I looked up when we learned the function of the human heart, and it was about 100 years after he died, that it stuck out to me as this really cool idea that the organ that sustains us, the thing that might facilitate our being filled with Christ, that would allow us to be more rooted and grounded in the love of God is where Christ makes a home, our hearts. The Greek word that he uses here, to dwell, is like worse than any Greek word, y'all. It's katoikese. So I don't know. And it has this specific element of permanence. It's not just stopping by or, or going somewhere or being in something. It's permanent. Christ isn't just visiting our hearts, but taking up permanent residence in us. And then there's this extra note from Paul, through faith, he says, dwell in your hearts through faith. And remember from the beginning of the book, beginning of the letter, that Paul, when he says faith, pistis, in the Greek, he really means loyalty. So he's reminding us that we are active participants in this family once we accept our place in it. He then says, I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And this is like just a side note, but when I read that, or when anybody heard it, did you think of that song you sing in Sunday school, like deep and wide? Deep? Okay, never mind. Paul prays that we would somehow understand what is not understandable, that we will embrace what lies outside of all-knowing, that we will know the breadth, the length, height, and depth of the love of Christ when we are filled with the fullness of God. And I think this is just a very plain and simple thing. Without the fullness of God's love, without Christ's presence within us, any comprehension of grace is beyond our ability to understand. It continues to surpass knowledge, as Paul says. But when we have allowed Christ to dwell in our hearts, when we know that God has residence in us, we are able to understand the very dimensions of God's love. Maybe our very own dimensions, the measurements of our own bodies, the space 
that God can take up within us. Our height and length and even our depth and breadth. So go ahead and have that extra snack. What measurements could we possibly know better? What size and space could we know better than our own bodies? The space that God occupies is divine, and our bodies that Christ dwells in are sacred. The reach of our arms and the places that our legs carry us are the spaces that we can bring the love of God, the places that we bring the kingdom. The precise locations of the good news are where our bodies are, no longer unknowable, no longer outside the realm of understanding. He ends by saying, Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. He ends his prayer not only by reminding us of his absolute certainty in the power of Christ, the power of God's love, but also telling us that even though we maybe have figured out this part about God filling us with love, mystery still remains. While we know now that what has previously been unknowable about God, there is still understanding about God to uncover. And that is what we, with the fullness of Christ, are able to accomplish what Christ is capable of accomplishing once at work within us. We cannot know that all at once. We will always be learning about it. We will uncover more and more as we move our bodies through this world, loving in only the way that we can love because Christ dwells in us. As we acknowledge Christ's place in our hearts, the way that God inhabits our bodies, we have the opportunity and invitation to learn more about God. The ways that we love are the ways that God loves. The desires of our hearts are the desires of God's heart. Our hopes, our dreams, our passions are also God's. And we move through this world bringing the gospel to all of the spaces that we occupy. Friends, move through this week considering the ways that we have not celebrated our bodies as facilitators of divine love. And I hope that we challenge ourselves to love our bodies just as God loves them as sacred dwelling places, as homes. Amen. Okay. I'll invite you to scroll down to the Lord's Table Liturgy. The communion elements are on this uh, little stool up here, whenever you are ready for them. There's also an offering basket or a uh, QR code to a virtual offering basket if that is something that you would like to partake in and call Trinity your church home. Sorry, Noah. All right, can you follow along with me? We pause before joining you at the table, Lord, to fully take in your presence as we breathe in and as we breathe out. 
we are reminded that you that your life-giving spirit is constantly whispering truth into our whole being proclaiming the mystery of faith that you are god alone you are one in the life death and resurrection of jesus christ you have shown us the totality of love as we partake of the bread and the cup may our hearts be shaped and reoriented to you may your gracious spirit pour out upon us so we might mature and thrive as your people in this world the table of the lord is open for all who seek to respond to the love of god just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me any than anything that we can do I just want you I'm sorry I've just gone through the motions I'm sorry I just sang another song Take me back to where we started Open up sorry when I come with my agenda and I'm sorry when I forgot that you're in 